The life of the actor, it never ends. That's why you listen to Freelance Pretend with Missy Pyle and Chris Grace and friends. Oh, by the way, I saw Simon Russell Beale play Hamlet at age 41. We are recording this, right? Yeah. Because we're talking about it. I mean, I feel like we should just jump in and be like, we've been talking and then introduce our guests. Yeah, let's do it. Well, we've been talking about how how much I like Simon Russell Beale, and I saw him play Hamlet at age 41, which I was like, oh, that's cool, at Brooklyn Academy of Music. Uh-huh. We, we're talking with my my sister. Hi, everybody. Yeah. Introduce, introduce our guest, Missy. I would like to introduce a very special surprise that was introduced to me when I was 13 years old, but my father on the phone, my little sister, Meredith. Hey. Oh, it was like your family was a podcast and your dad introduced a guest. Yeah. <laughs> I was at my friend Linda Pinnegar's house and I, present, I he called over there and I it was the wall phone and I picked it up and he was like, you're going to have a little sister. And I was like, yay. Yes. The baby is no longer the baby. Yeah, I was the, first, the last of five and then Meredith came along. And- so Missy, you were, were you in Texas at this point or Tennessee? I was in Texas. <laughs> Linda Pinnegar. Linda Pinnegar's house. Maybe, Maybe you were in town? Maybe this is faulty uh, memory wow. information. Um, so, and Meredith, where, where did you grow up? So I also grew up in Texas. I grew up in okay. Houston, Texas, outside of Houston. Um, my We had you know slightly different upbringings just because my, my mom and her mom are different people. Um, Lynn is my mom. Linda is her mom. I know. And now they're friends, which is... <laughs> Weird and cute, <laughs> I guess. They were friends before. They and were. They, you know, I don't think they ever were not friends. I mean, well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but now Linda. that now that their mutual husband at one point has passed away, and our, my our dad. Husband. Wait, mutual mutual at the same time? Was there some oh, overlap? Yes, we're polygamous. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> no, 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 no. Our dad has passed, and I feel like it has rekindled their friendship. <laughs> In a weird yeah, way. My, yeah, my mom's uh, second husband passed too. They both passed of you know serious memory bull jive. So yeah, they have that. In common. Well, they probably have a lot of. Uh, they have a lot in common. Yeah, I was going to say seven children, they have, <laughs> and they probably have a lot. Of, they probably can share some venting to each other. Yes. Anybody that you have like a shared partner with, it's yeah, fun to vent with that person. Maybe. Oh, have you done that? Uh, yeah, I think I have. I mean, there's probably more shared. Had a partner. I don't think I've ever, like, vented with another person about a person. Really? What? That's no way. That's true. <laughs> no, I mean a person that I dated. What you just said is insane. It's basically friendship. <laughs> I've never said anything <laughs> negative about another human being. Wow. You're really, like, at an enlightened level. What do you talk you. about? <laughs> So, Meredith, you're, uh, as well as Missy and I, Meredith is also an actor and a mm-hmm. singer. Mm-hmm. And I recently saw Meredith in a show that I didn't know she was in. I just yeah. went to see a, a production of A Little Night Music here in Los Angeles. Yeah. And right. I saw on the program Meredith Pyle. Mm, that's me. I'm so excited to see you in it. And it was a wonderful production. Thank you. Kind of like what we were talking about before. I mean, I think that what we were doing or what we were aiming to do was obviously um, pushing the boundaries a little bit and potentially casting outside the typical box for Stephen Sondheim, which, you know, I was super proud to be a part of a production that did that. Um, was it for everybody? Certainly not. And, you know, we we definitely had to navigate 
some critics and some very, you know, even at times very hurtful comments. But um, but I was really proud in the end of what we were able to produce. And I do think that um, we had some great crowds that that definitely left the theater going, huh, cool. What was the outside of the box stuff that you were? Well, we caught, we cast a lot of um, like non-binary people in roles that weren't necessarily um, what they were assigned gender at birth. So, um, and just, and in general, like we had um, the character of Henrik, if you're familiar with the show, um, which is typically um, a male assigned gender. It it was played by a non-binary activist, Amanda Kruger. We also had our lead um, ingenue actress who like throughout the whole show is basically been told, you know, the most beautiful young girl and, um, you know, think your 16, 18-year-old kind of princess-like character um, was played by a non-binary assigned f- uh, male at birth character, uh, actor, a- actress named um, Ty. And so it was just really beautiful to see these people being portrayed in the in the genders that they identify with at times and um, showing, I guess, the theater community too that we need to open our our boxes, so to speak, um, and see what what other options there are available for us. Like my friend just posted this morning about 1776, the new musical. Um, I think it's ART. I'm, I'm not familiar with the theater but company, but I guess it's an all-female cast um, for a typically mostly male cast. Um, I know company, recently we had a Bobby that was uh, a female that played the lead character that's typically a male character. And I just love that we're starting to really get outside those gender norms and and really like a very binary um, storytelling that has been kind of the tradition in theater for a long time. We're really starting to get outside of that. So I'm actually shocked that you had pushback, but I guess it's a um, reflection of how people are at different stages in terms of where they are relationship to these issues. Because when I saw it, I was just like, Hey, that's cool. Like we're in Los Angeles. Right. Um, I was kind of like, is this, I mean, it don't, to me, it seemed kind of non-controversial. It was just kind of like, it was interesting. I think, yeah, we went into it. I thought, I mean, I, when I became a part of the production, I definitely thought, Oh, you know, people are going to, especially in the space that we were in, like in the Melrose district, you know, I just, in like a I West mean, you Hollywood. Could, you could see this show and also get some Supreme gear and then go to Cantor's all in one day. <laughs> <laughs> it was right Absolutely. on, uh, like right around the corner from uh, Cantor's. Yeah. What but I'm Supreme, sorry, you were saying. What's the Supreme gear? Oh, Missy. Uh, yeah, really? <laughs> it's it's <laughs> okay. We'll Missy take her out. the same age, but I know what Supreme is. <laughs> it's a it's gear? a brand it's a brand of streetwear clothing mm-hmm. that is extremely yeah uh, put it this way missy you're not a hype beast Mm-mm. oh <laughs> no i no i definitely am a, a hype beast yeah. I don't know what you know how is. there are lines sometimes yeah, outside do, of little I, stores yeah that's for clothing yes streetwear clothing usually Shoes are a part of it, a huge but part Supreme of it. Supreme sometimes Supreme is, is like, its own, yeah. Yeah. Like it's like brand of things. 
But you, so Meredith, you did get some pushback from, was it from we like did. Sondheim devotees? Or I sort like of, I mean, I don't even want to like <laughs> highlight it in a way because it was, it was honestly a homophobic review that we received. And that was our first opening weekend to a critic who we had invited, for, you know, comp Ugh. a ticket to the show and really wrote a homophobic review where they used the wrong pronouns and they misgendered people and I mean, it wasn't a completely negative review. Like, they definitely recognized some of the things that were beautiful in their eyes to the sh- about the show. And, and it wasn't a negative review, but it definitely, you know, I, I they didn't get it. They just didn't get it. They didn't get what we were doing. They didn't see, honestly, like, do you know where you are? You know, like, why are you even in Los Angeles reviewing theater? It just felt like it was like, you know, in the homophobic South, you know, or something. It was very right. weird. Um, and that definitely put like a, I, I, it renewed a spirit, I think, in all of us that we were like, okay, now we really have to sell it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It, 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 you know, like sometimes when, like, I remember when I was a kid, I went to this really like fancy private school because my mom taught there. So we got a discount to go there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I got put in. We were all super pissed that Meredith went to private school. <laughs> yes. We all like shared, you know, <laughs> one bathroom <laughs> and had to walk uphill both ways to public school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, anyway, I went to this private <laughs> school and everybody that graduated there like ended up going to Harvard and Yale. Like it was a very, very, uh, you know, high level prep school. And I got put in the dumb class. I got labeled oh. in the dumb class. And when I found that out, I was like, <gasps> and I don't think I ever really cared about school before. Like I was way more involved in choir and, and theater and stuff. But after that, I was like, I'm studying. And I, me and like two other students in the whole grade graduated with all A's. Oh. And I was like, from the dumb class. Woo, there you go. Did they move you out of the dumb class? They didn't. No. Oh, also, I want to point out Meredith Meredith yeah, is whatever. using air quotes it's around just, dumb. So she's not just. Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry. You're not just literally be. saying people are dumb. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, it's interesting that you, you know, you have this sense of being sort of labeled a certain way, people mm. making assumptions about you. And now you've entered show business. which is great for that. Like, that doesn't ever happen in show Never. (laughs) Well, you know, Meredith, I was so excited to have you on because um, I really do think, like, what people I think of as a career in acting is one thing, and then when they get out here, they, they, or, or, they, they kind of go, oh, it, it becomes something completely different. And I think for you, it's been a, such an such interesting a journey. journey. You do so many things. Mm-hmm. Meredith is um, um, an actor. Uh, you're a voice teacher. You are a session singer. You are a, a an actor. Choral singer. A choral singer. I mean, yeah. it goes, the list kind of goes on. You're I'm really an, good an at fixing group. Missy's uh, podcast setup. <laughs> set up, um, recording engineer. engineer yeah. <laughs> Everyone that does home recording now is a recording engineer at some Except point. For me. <laughs> no, I was going to say, not everyone. <laughs> you should have seen the setup we did with Brooke. Oh boy. I don't I don't wanna know. You should not only should you see the setup we had with Brooke, you should see the waveforms that I got back on the files that I was. Oh no. <laughs> oh gosh. I know. You ever open an audio file and it's a solid block? Oh God. <laughs> oh gosh. I'm I'm right here. I can hear everything you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's been an interesting journey. Yeah. How long ago did you come out here and what was it like when you first started? So I moved out in 2011, um, August 2011, and um, we like kind of hit the ground running in, in 
a Mary, Meredith Misty story. Um, we moved in together um, right away. And I think it was like the second day I became a personal assistant to a woman who at that point was not a household name and now is like a superstar. Um, oh. So that was an, a really interesting journey. Just like, oh my, I totally forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, I was a personal assistant for like a celebrity right away. And so, so you were probably somewhat um, uh, part of that rise to glory. Yes, very much so. Yeah, yeah. The first three months that I, I started working for her, she won an Academy Award. <laughs> I mean, literally. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, it was really fun. It was a really cool, fun ride. Um, and Missy's movie, The Artist, won an Academy Award the same year. So it was like oh really God, special. Right. Really special. And we were like going to all the award shows. I got invited to all the award stuff. I was the only assistant who was also like on the carpet. <laughs> and I remember it was so funny because um, it was like we would go to, we were invited to all, and it was Harvey Weinstein. I mean, yeah. It was a Harvey Weinstein. May he not be named. I know. And that, that, that was, oh, artist is a Harvey Weinstein production. It was he bought. Um, yeah, I from gotcha. the French. artist at Cannes. Yeah, and um, we went to Cannes. I got to go to Cannes. I mean, it was just it was. I, I had to pay for my own way to Cannes. But um, hashtag artist life, right there. I know, but I was so wait. Excited what, to so go. what was in your Oscar swag bag? I didn't year? get a swag bag what? because um, I wasn't the, the movie won an Oscar. I know, and but I think you have a, to be nominated to get a oh. swag bag or a presenter, and I was not neither of those things. She was there. I was just <laughs> just there, and I never got it. Never got a plus one to any of the um, award shows, but you did come with me. I went to the Golden Globes. Yeah, and we had like we were able to go to the after stuff, but mm-hmm. I couldn't get. I never got. I was always in like the jump seat. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was a crazy journey, and I did that for about three years, and. I had graduated with my master's in music theater um, from a great school called Oklahoma City University. Wait, is that where... Uh, Kristen um, Chenoweth and Kelly O'Hara went there, some yes. pretty big Broadway my, stars. My friend Leslie Collins also went there. Oh, interesting. I don't know her, but, you know, it's a great school, super great school. And then recently, someone else uh, someone else on Broadway, I saw their... Like, when we talk about, like, musical theater programs in the U.S., it's like Michigan. One of the top, yeah. Oklahoma City. Is that mm-hmm, what you mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So I was supposed to go to New York. That was the plan. And then I came out and in between my summer stock and moving back to New York after like my showcase and stuff, I, I came out to visit Missy and she was like, I'm moving back to LA and I, I think you should Montana come with me. at the time. Right. And I was getting divorced. You're li- living with a grizzly bear in Montana. Yes. I was living in... I was, See episode two. I was married <laughs> to a grizzly bear. <laughs> anyway, so I... Missy was like, I'm moving back to LA. I think you should come with me. And I was basically like, oh, that sounds like a fun like couple of months. That was my plan. Like I was going to come out and then her movie got nominated for all these things. And I was like, oh, cool. I guess we're riding this ride. We also were staying at... Um, Alicia Silverstone's house because she was doing a play on Broadway and I just worked with her and she needed somebody to like take care of her like house it and take care of her dog um and so we it was just hilarious like Meredith moves into the Hollywood hills and (laughs) starts going to all the red carpets and Missy just keeps telling me it's not like this you have to know you know what's funny is um, so when my current husband Eric who was then my boyfriend when he first moved to LA he had a similar insane first like week living here yeah which is that we did uh, i did an escape room with friends of mine from the comedy world um 
And uh, because of a series of like, like I'm friends with Kristen Shaw. And so she was like, hey, can I invite some friends to this escape room? And we ended up doing an escape room <laughs> with me, Kristen, um, Jack McBrayer, and uh, John Hamm. <laughs> oh like, my gosh. Fine. And I mean, like, we didn't know John Hamm. It's just like he was friends. Right. With, like, you yeah. know, and, um, and it was just funny in the first week when Eric moved here to be like, I was like, this is rubbing not elbows with the celebrities, yeah, yeah. Like this is the, enough celebrities for like two years. <laughs> Missy was doing the same thing the whole time, the whole trip. I mean, in, if you've ever done like the award show circuit, it really starts in like October and it runs till the Oscars. And because her movie was winning everything, and and my boss's movie, she she was winning for my boss, my bosses at the time as well. And it was like I was just on this like award show ride, and I was like, I, "There's no way I'm leaving LA now. Like this I is know. so fun." Like, <laughs> I remember at one point you said next award season. I was like, "I've never been. I've been here. For yeah, five, however many years I've never done, never done an award season." And I, it, to me, it was so crazy because you just, it was like every night there was another party. It was yeah. like four to five nights a week. Yeah, someone's coming and doing your hair and makeup, and you're yeah. putting a gown. I mean, it was literally the most. It was ridiculous so fun thing. And I thought, like, how does anyone get anything? To, how do these celebrities get anything done? Yeah. I was like, this whole LA thing is really fun. I'm totally staying. I also fell in love with my now husband for the first time in my life. I fell in love. And I was like, oh, this is my home. This is like it. I, I mean, it I think magical. we all on some level are looking for signs from whoever, whatever, the universe, God, whoever, whatever you believe in, you're looking for fate or signs like to come into your life and show you what to do. And for me, that was absolutely what happened when I moved to LA. It was, I felt very much like, oh, this is where you're supposed to be. And, and having a degree in a master's degree in music theater and being told your whole career, like Broadway is the success story. If you're not on Broadway, you have not done you're, you are not a success. And it's funny because like a friend of mine just posted this morning on Facebook, a picture of him as Shrek in the mirror. Like he's literally in the green face with the ears and he has his laptop in front of him and he's doing like paperwork. And he said, this is what success looks like. It is me like, like signing and sealing a million dollar real estate deal as a real estate broker minutes before walking on stage as Shrek. And it's really <laughs> interesting because I think we all think if we're doing anything outside of this like typical career path that our, our schools or, you know, society is telling us is the success story, then it's not, you, you failed, you know, or you're not really doing it. And for me, at least, I feel like I am at an absolute success, even though it may not be that Broadway, New York life that I was necessarily trained for. I found a way that it really has made sense for me in my life. And that's session work and doing film and television and and teaching and, and kind of hodgepodging all of these different things together to have, you know, a, a family, a career, a stability here in Los Angeles. So I'm very proud of it. I mean, it's also the the career path for all of us is th there isn't a template that works from one month to the next or every six months to the next. Six no. Months. Oh, my gosh. Right. It's what are it's, you doing I, right now? <laughs> I, I like the idea of like you go to school, you get a degree and then you go hit the boards in New York and just knock on every door and you put a headshot in every agent's <laughs> trash can. <laughs> um, totally. Like some of those paths don't even exist anymore. 
Oh, right. I don't know. When was the last time anyone got a headshot taken? <laughs> well, I uh, I haven't in a while, but like now, I, like I, I can't imagine paying for a headshot now. Uh, no, right. no offense to headshot photographers out there, but headshots are now a small thumbnail on a website that, you know, like Actors Access or something that like they're looking at it like this big. Yeah. And considering how much we used to pay for headshots. <laughs> Meredith just um, recorded when you auditioned for a part in the TV show, that HBO Max show. Oh, today. yeah. And and she took all these photographs of herself on her phone. Using yeah. portrait mode. It was in portrait mode. And she looked unbelievable. They're unbelievable. She was like, oh, I did this myself. And I was like, what? I did it with my ring light dock. Like I had my ring light and my dock and I did portrait mode. And I mean, every single one of them in my opinion, is like one of the best shots of me I've ever taken. It's so crazy that we have these incredible video mm, cameras and yeah. just in our pockets and also that are listening to us. And, um, so, Meredith, what was yeah. it like the next year <laughs> or, you know, the, the year after that when, like, was there, was, was there, did you come down from that high? I, oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. No, I moved out to Tank Canyon. Missy abandoned me. <laughs> I know. I went and did a, pl- I went and did a play for the summer. I did. I did abandon you. I mean, for a couple months. Yeah, we we lived in this little two story place in Topanga Canyon, which if you if you've ever been out there, it's a bit of an island because of how hard it is to get in and out of it. And um, my husband or my boyfriend at the time was also um, he had left to move to Northern California to start a brewery, and so I felt very abandoned at that moment. And I. I still had the personal assisting job, but that was, we weren't doing any more carpets and mm-hmm. <laughs> events. And it was, it was very lonely at that, at that time. And when Missy came back to town, I was like, oh, thank God. And then I basically was like, I, I can't do this anymore. Like I cannot live on this Island. I need to be in town with people, preferably people my own age, potentially, you know, mm-hmm. meeting and other actors and meeting other singers and musicians and going out more you know how it is it's all about who you know what whatever industry you're in it's who you know and you're not going to call me old no i did not Mm. i said i needed to be around people my own age interesting you read into that interesting you put your own filter on that not people 13 years older than (laughs) correct (laughs) only 13 years older Um, But yeah, it was just, it was time for me to build my own community instead of just leeching off of Missy's. Because I came in with a a built-in, you know, support system and community, but they were all her friends. And, and while many of them I I still adore and are in my life, like they are, they're, they're always Missy's friends, you know? And so it was time for me to kind of build my own identity here and determine honestly too, if this was the place for me now, like after the the glory had s- subsided, so to speak. So I did, I, you know, enrolled in acting classes and I, I started um, singing a bit. Like I, um, I started singing at Rockwell table and stage and a place called don't tell mamas, which is no longer around. And just I didn't doing know the, there was a don't tell mamas out here. There was. Yeah. And in right off Santa Monica and in, in West Hollywood, there was this don't tell mamas. And we did like some really fun shows there. A lot of cabaret kind of style shows, but we did do company. And we actually had a female Bobby at that time too. This was before they did that on Broadway. Um, and we, we got a, um, a Broadway world nomination for that performance. And, it was really fun. It was just a really fun time where I was trying to still be a personal assistant, but but gig a little bit as well. And at that point, I really built my community and I found my people. And it was at 
It was at Rockwell Table and Stage where I met a singer named Greg Whipple, who's still a dear friend of mine. And he told me what session singing was. And I was like, oh my gosh, I think this might be like for me. Um, and it's if you don't know what session singing is, it's basically everything that you're hearing behind the scenes of um, a film, television, commercial that is sung. It's probably done by a singer in a, in a session or in a recording session at a sound, you know, pr- proofed studio, unlike the one we're in right yeah, now. So wait, let me give you an example of what this might sound like. It'd be something like this. Stop and go is there more than ever. Perfect. Chris is now a session singer. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you remember that? I don't know what this is, but... What that is was it? a, a convenience store in Houston, oh, Texas called Stop and Go. It was a. If you can't find a pilgrim in ten minutes, you're lost. You're lost. Oh yeah. That was a, that was Texas. Well, and Remember? also do you know this? Uh, remarkable people. We're proud of our people. You see the difference when you walk through the door. Tell a friend about Randall's. Oh you're my remarkable, gosh. Remarkable <laughs> store. Yeah, I do remember oh, the man. end of that. We're all from Houston. That's crazy. Uh, That's the crazy. reason I bring up Stop and Go is if you if anyone looks it up, that was a commercial for Stop and Go, and the singer was Michael Bolton. Come on. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah. So session singing, uh, you know, uh, despite what you've heard here, session singing is more than a local jingle. <laughs> and I actually mean, a lot hear, of local you heard some professionals. Yes. You, I mean you did hear professional levels session singing just now I will. that's true that's true we yeah, did it's true i mean and and there are a lot of session singers that do local commercials but are based in i would say jingle commercials are actually a lot of them are based in nashville um the two main towns for session singing i would say are nashville and in los angeles occasionally new york but not nearly as much most mostly it's nashville and um in los angeles and, and you've mostly done ma- like you've done a lot Film. of major motion pictures yes. like big ones i would say that that has been my my main bread and butter in the session singing community let's hear, is let's hear a little something <laughs> singing yeah okay here's what i sang on the recent netflix show um turning red <laughs> I'm not even joking. So most of the things that we do are background vocal things where they're really like pure, but, um, you know, occasionally how about, uh, like, frozen, how about frozen too? Oh, you know, same thing pretty much actually. Um, but one of the cool projects that I did just complete like two weeks ago was, um, the new Dr. Strange movie that's oh. coming out. Um, the new Marvel movie. Um, and that was scored by Danny Elfman. <gasps> cool. Who, if, yeah, if you don't know, some of his movies are like Edward Scissorhands. And- so do you ever have the urge to just like slip your name in when you're singing these notes? Just like, <laughs> Meredith <laughs> Pyle is my name. Hi, <laughs> 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 Meredith. <laughs> no, but for, for Danny, you know, it definitely had a lot more, um, like melodic line and and a lot more experimental singing. Like I got to be in a small group that kind of, you know, I don't want to blow out the microphone, but ah, you know, got to do like some really cool, like ah, you know, yeah. like a little beltier and and just like really playing around with my voice. And I every time I get to do anything like that, I'm just like, oh, yes. how much um, sight singing is involved with this kind of stuff? So much sight singing. I would uh-huh. say that that is. When I meet with people that are maybe transplants from New York that are coming here to try to make a career in session singing, that's the number one question that I ask them. How's your sight singing? 
And if they say, ooh, I'm not a sight reader, I said, then ooh, you're not a session singer. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or at least in the trajectory that I have been a part of, which is right. the film industry. Because you have to understand, like, so much of what's going on is, like, confidential. It's protected because it's being released or we're recording it before the film has been released. So you walk onto the soundstage. There is a, a a microphone and a music stand. And occasionally there, we're all together in a choir format or we're in a booth separately, uh, all spaced out. And you have the sheet music in front of you. And you literally, it's like, okay, and downbeat. And you record. Oof. From there, there's so no even, rehearsal. You don't even get like, but you get your, no, your notes. Yeah, occasionally they'll give us our note, you know. They, yeah, they give us our starting pitch. Yeesh. But then it's like, <laughs> Wait, I think Missy and I should have, we should go try to do this. Let's do it. Yeah. Just tell them yeah. we're good. <laughs> could, I'm sorry, could you just play that, um, just play it three more times? Just three No, I, I think I would go like, hey, uh, can you give me my starting note? Okay, can you give me my... Second note as well. <laughs> Can and you then- give me all of my please? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely it's definitely for those of us that we don't like I we try to to get away from the label as singer and and really lean towards musician because those of us that have been have degrees in music, like we we know music theory, we know harmonies, we know how to sight read and 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 be able to sing our part without having any sort of guidance. And that's a huge part of the industry that I am in. Now, if you were doing background singing and maybe you were singing on like, um, like you did the tour with Michael Buble and now you're coming back into the studio and now you're going to lay down all your vocals um, for his album, um, that I would say is totally different. And we you could, could do that, Chris. Yeah, you could, you could do we that. Could do that. There are session singers that don't read music. I can do Michael Bublé's part. Oh my God, that's (laughs) all the singers. You be Michael Bublé. Meredith, uh, so when you were in your first one to five years of being out here in LA, did did you being Missy's sister have any effect on that path at all? Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah, like you can't come into an industry where you already have somebody who is famous, so to speak. I mean, well, I mean, you are. I mean, that's really blowing it out of proportion. I think you might be growing it a little out of proportion. Well, who, at least when you walk into a room, most of the people in the room that are casting know who you, your sister is. You know, I, so I'll, I'll, you know, that's my version of famous, but... Um, you can't you can't go into any room without that coming up. And and that honestly, I think that's what attracted me to session singing was the fact that Missy wasn't in it at all, like had no stamp. And and so much of my acting side, everybody, I think there was like this, oh, you're Missy's sister, or the only reason you're get I literally I was in acting class and I had my teacher in front of the whole like room. I got a call back for this audition and they told me the only reason I did was because Missy was my sister. What? Yeah. And I was like, whoa, weird. Like, cool. Thanks. You know, and, and that's the, in class, your teacher, was that Leslie? That was Leslie Kahn. It wasn't Leslie Kahn. It was one of her teachers. And I told Leslie about it because Leslie had like called my agent and my manager at the time and was like, this girl is legit. Like she's super good. She's super funny. She's going to do great. And, they were why I got my agent and my manager at the time was because Leslie had called them and vouched for me. And then I went into this like advanced acting class and the teacher told me that in front of everybody. 
And I was just like, wow. And I told Les, and I dropped out of the school at that time. I, I left. I was like, this is not an environment that is going to yield good results for me. And, and it just like, it put me in my head the whole time. And I was just like, this is not, this is not a community that has my back, you know? And I told Leslie the reason why I was leaving. And, and what did she say? That teacher, and she was like, I am so sorry that that happened. That, please know that that is not what I, I want to have happen in my space. Like, this is important that you know that. Like, I'm sorry that that happened. That teacher has, you know, been, we've, we've talked about this now. And, and this is a huge issue within the company, et cetera, et cetera. So she won't be saying that to any of Missy's other sisters. <laughs> Correct. When they come through. <laughs> No, and and I did. I enjoyed Leslie Kahn, so I don't want to like badmouth, you know, the school she's in great, general. Yeah. She's great and has done great things for several of my friends, and I would still recommend the school. I just I think that teacher just had a chip on her shoulder for for whatever reason about you know nepotism and how it works in our industry because it's definitely real, but it's real in every industry. I don't think acting is is unique in that way. Like yeah. nepotism is real and we use anybody. I'll tell people that move to town. I'm like, use every contact you have to yeah. try to get into the door. I've used I, Chris Grace to get me into <laughs> a Chinese restaurant. You couldn't get into. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I do think, I think that um, it's from all sides. It's like, you should definitely use as many resources as you have. I yeah. think people, most of the time people are happy to help you. Um, yeah. And also people overestimate how much power people have, even when they're famous. Like, for sure. Oh, for uh, sure. Like I've had auditions that, like there was one audition that I had that I went in and Missy was a lead on the show. Like she would, and it was like, the show was, I think in their last episode or whatever, and they needed like a receptionist. And it wasn't a big part. And I was like, oh, you know, this is nice that they, they're offering it for me. But I went in and there were like 25 other girls in the room. And I was like, okay. You know, like I yeah. still have to really earn this this thing. It's not going to just come to me because of who my sister is. Like I have to, I have to actually nail this. The I did get the part. I did get the part. And the, and the casting director like emailed my agent and was like, she was great. Okay. So yeah, I mean, it was, I still had to earn it. Yeah. I mean, I think it, even if, I'm not saying this is that kind of situation, but even even if there are situations where it's like, oh, this is kind of yours to lose, like we just want to make sure you're, that's still, you still have to go audition and you still have to not be. You still have to not lose. Yeah, yeah. To be honestly, that is one of the worst positions to be in when someone's oh, like, I they know. love you, you're the first choice. And you're like, I mean, it's such a Murphy's Law type of whatever. Does anyone even know what Murphy's Law is? But the idea, I don't even know who Murphy and why that law is, but. <laughs> The idea Murphy, that, Murphy was a <laughs> casting director. Yes. <laughs> the idea that somebody would say to you, like, this is yours to lose. It's like, okay, then let me immediately go out and lose it. Yeah. yeah. I had a I had a part recently that I think everyone was like, This is yours to lose. And I was got it to was it test. playing Missy Pyle in the Missy Pyle story? In the Missy Pyle story, story Missy Pyle. I actually did do a movie that I, where I played myself. And I played Meredith Pyle. <laughs> That's right. Oh my god. <laughs> what movie was this? It's called Director's Cut. It okay. was written by um, uh, Penn Jillette. Yeah, uh, Penn and Teller. Directed by, yeah. uh, directed by Adam Rifkin. It's a, it's a movie within a movie within a movie. It's very meta. It's it's like he's this he play, pays for a part to be in a movie. And they did. it was a crowdfunded movie. And he plays... It really was a crowdfunded movie. And then inside of the movie, he's playing a guy who paid to be in the movie and then mm -hmm. kidnaps my character. 
<laughs> it puts me in the basement. It's, it's so weird. I don't know if it, I don't remember what I was saying. You were saying about the part that you had to lose. Oh. They were like, this is yours to lose. I was um, auditioning for the show, shot Canada, and then, um, and uh, I got to the test and Christian Shaw was there. Oh. And I was like, I can't. She felt like the right choice to me. And then uh, and I was auditioning against her and she ended up getting the part. After like five days of them being like, it's yours, it's yours. And then it was like, oh, wait a minute. They're just like waiting for one person to sign off. <laughs> right, right, right. So it was Kristen Schaal in the Missy Pyle story. That's interesting. That's, yeah, see. she plays Missy Pyle. <laughs> I would actually love to see that. <laughs> and then I ended up, she ended up being in Canada shooting something else when I was there. And I didn't know her. And I was still kind of like, I wasn't bitter about it pissed. i was definitely a little bit bitter because i really wanted the part um and she pulls up a chair and comes and say, i was in the pool with zoe and she's like hi and like wanted to talk to me I, like i was is the most incredible human mm-hmm. yeah she's great. way more incredible than any of us <laughs> wow well no she's very she's just a lovely like how are you, you just wanted to know everything it's like a great listener lovely human so now I can't be mad at her anymore, but she never stops <laughs> yeah, working. Doesn't it suck when you get to know someone personally and you can't hate them anymore? I know. <laughs> I mean, literally, I saw her do... I was I had gone to Gotham City in New York, which was basically the ground, Groundlings East. Oh, yes. uh, And I got to level four. And then I went back... Then I went to... Came to LA and they wouldn't transfer my credits. So I was like, well, fuck you, Groundlings. And then a few years later, I was like, I really want to do the ground so i started again at like level one when i was like 27 and there was this group of kids um scott spicer and another lauren um flans um and uh we all did the groundlings together and then they did a show with Kristen shaw um on their own because they all went to school together and i was like that girl is gonna be good she's gonna be <laughs> trouble <laughs> um so Meredith, what's uh like? Where are you? How are you feeling about your? If it sounds like you're in a really good place in terms of I am the hodgepodge yeah. as you described it, which is kind yeah. of what every actor's life is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's crazy the 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 roles that we take on here in Los Angeles. I've been a personal assistant. I've been a um, teacher for a lot of it. I still am a teacher. I. Um, you know, I've babysat a lot. I have sung in churches and synagogues and done weddings. You've I, also done the LA Master. Yes. And I've done the LA Master Chorale. I've sung with the LA Phil. I'm singing with the LA Phil this weekend. In fact, I'm in a group called Tonality, which is um, a, a choral, small choral ensemble that promotes social justice. And it's mm. just the coolest group. So beautiful. Yeah. They perform in a church. It's, you have to come the next time. It's, it's literally, you just are like, you're, every hair on your body is tingling. Yeah. It's you, really a special group. They all, her, her, um, acapella. Oh, I was in a group called, so over the pandemic, I said, okay, to do this, this competition television show called the Christmas Caroler Challenge. And <laughs> okay. it sounds as amazing as, as it the was. title. It was, you were <clears throat> so good. I, I feel like what we did on the show was actually super, super special. They really wanted to, it to be a very corny thing, but I think that we came in and we were like, nah. So I grew, I, I grew, <laughs> I, I formed aunt, with my three friends, this group called Snow Problem. Oh. Yep. And Snow Problem. We ended up being um, runner-ups on the show, and we just had the best, best time of our lives. And it was basically like the Carol Burnett show meets a Christmas caroling show. And Meredith had like 
three huge numbers yeah. on it that were just like her. I basically was like, how how much Meredith can I show on this show? And they I don't think I've love. ever been the like rawest version of myself in all its weird glory um, as much as I was on that TV show. And it was so fun and such a wonderful experience. And we're still like, we have a Netflix movie. We got to be on in this Netflix movie and it's coming out in the in next Christmas time. So Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. been a really, really fun treat. Um, so I teach uh, music theater and, and classical voice at Pepperdine University in Malibu. I teach there twice a week. I teach at Harvard Westlake schools, both the high school and the middle school. I work a lot with a choral music program there. Um, and I teach there two other times a week. I have a, a lot of professional people that study with me, getting ready for like Broadway auditions or tours and that kind of thing. And I have my own private studio that I teach either on Zoom or um, from my home. And um, yeah, I'm balancing. A, and, you know, of course, the session work that comes in and I have to randomly put myself on tape singing 1920s, you know, love songs. Your life it sounds like you've got it more together than Missy or me at this point. Oh, for sure. Very, her <laughs> life has always been very full. It's always been like, yeah. can you pull one or two things out? Yeah, I, I really, I for me at least, and for those of you listening, like, be busy. If you feel like you're not, if you're in a slump, you know, find ways to be busy and fill your day with being out of the house and, and meeting people, whether it's in your industry or not. You just never know what's going to lead to the next thing. And I, I mean, I have always had a ton of different jobs. And for me, it wasn't even really about the money. It was about like what, where that put my brain. That said, that's the problem. It's because Missy and I have just been about the money this whole time. Yeah, I don't really think about anything but the money. <laughs> I will no. Yeah, I hear you, Meredith, and I think it's really in- uh, incredible. I will say, as someone on the other side of uh, the thirteen years older than you, I that it all sounds that just sounds so exhausting to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. I'm- well, yeah. I, I I mean, you have to understand that I had just graduated. I was 26 when I moved here. And I mean, for those first five years, certainly, I was at the hungry time of my life where I was I was setting out to really prove myself and, and work really hard and pound the pavement. And whether I was in New York or in LA, it was the same thing. It was pounding the pavement. And I did... I certainly performed for free those cabaret shows that where I met the Greg Whipple and I, I started the wor- world into the world of session singing. I did that job for free. It mm-hmm. wasn't a job. It was, would you like to perform in this right. cabaret? I didn't get paid for that. Yeah. And I would have, I mean, I'll do it again in a heartbeat. You know, I mean, a little night music. I just did six weeks of shows and, you know, two months of rehearsal before that. Our rehearsal stipend was $150 for all of it. You know, I mean, like, it was such bad money. It was, uh, I mean, unbelievably bad money. And thankfully, I'm at a point in my life where I have other things that fund my life so that I can say yes to passion projects like that. Theater in LA, a lot of it does not pay well. So, and it's where my heart is. Like, I love it. And if I get to do it, I know that it's going to be a sacrifice on many levels, but it's also like I kind of have to do it in, mm-hmm. in a way too. And I was busier than I've ever been in my career while I was doing that show. Oh, I think sheesh. people feel that energy. They do. They know on some level that like, ooh, Meredith is working. She's yeah. like, yeah, I think that's true. I like the Marvel movie that I booked, um, the Danny Elfman score. Like we had five, eight hour session days for that. 
that's for a in session singer world, that's a big that is a big job. Usually a film score is one four hour session, uh. maybe two day two four hour sessions. But we did five eight hour days on that movie. How was Danny? So nice, so <sighs> fun, so lovely. Such he's a singer, you know, and it's it's so helpful when we have composers that are singers too, because they understand the pitfalls, they understand where things are hard. Um, they they allow us to sing fully. I mean, I think a lot of composers in film and television write for an instrument. They think of singing as one more instrument. There's just and, a pad on their synth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like, oh, we're just going to push this note and that note is going to come out. Yeah. Instead of understanding the human voice. And as a voice teacher, obviously, I'm very passionate about this. Like, we are not, these strings inside our vocal folds are are irreplaceable. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you can go and have surgery, but that's a huge undertaking and you never know if you're ever going to come out of it the same. Yeah. Right? And writing for the voice and understanding the voice and and the the, the demands of the voice and 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 how it functions in your in the different registers and all of that, whether you're a soprano, an alto, a tenor, or a bass, like understanding the voice and the passaggio and and the tessitura and where things like like to live um, is such an important part of writing for singing. And I yeah. wish more composers understood that. So it was great working with, for Danny. I mean, it sounds like you you have a, a strong work ethic, something that Missy and I also don't have. That's um, not true. That is just <laughs> false. I can't speak for you, Chris. You could be. <laughs> no, I'm know. extremely lazy. Yes. I will Missy say. Missy is such a hard worker. I, I feel like I used to be. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm really tired. Well, also, if you're like... You, all She's of working hard at being a mother yeah, right I was gonna now. Say, like, yeah. It all sounds exhausting. You know what I'll do is I'll become a mother. <laughs> like, that'll clear up my schedule. <laughs> um, I know you need to go. I know you got to go. Okay. Um, um, so, what, 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 what's next for you? What can we... <laughs> oh, boy. I know I'm saying like where can we where can people find you what what, what are your projects um, so yeah I'm get fast because Chris has to go okay. somewhere no, no, yeah yeah I mean just I'm just getting a a critical vaccine that's all I see okay um well you can always come to a show at Tonality it's ourtonality.org um so you can come see one of our concerts you can hear me singing on um the new Doctor Strange movie. And you can always check out my website at meredithpile.com. And also, I think you, you're, Turning Red is on Disney Plus, right? Turning Red is out. Yeah, it's a great movie. It's um, super cute. I've seen it a couple times. She really yeah. liked it. You're going to hear me singing and some of the chanting singing that's that's done in the show Very or in cool. the in the movie. You yeah. also, when I was watching Frozen 2, I could hear you. Yeah, she always says Well, that. because I she was going, you. this is Meredith Pyle. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Uh, MaryThePile.com. So. Yeah, I mean, was, I mean, it only took me out of the movie a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thanks for taking time. Thank out of your you. Schedule thanks for having me. Us. It's a pleasure, and I'm so excited to, you know, see all of you guys in the future. Yeah, we'll see you all next time. Okay, mm-hmm. bye. Bye, friends. You've been listening to Freelance Pretend with Missy Pyle and Chris Grace. This show is a production of Invisible Treats, and today's episode was edited by Eric Michaud. The intro music is Happy Guitars by Ilya Truhanov, with vocals by Chris Grace. And the outro music is Cabana by Peter Spacey, both courtesy of Artlist.io. You can reach us on email at freelancepretend at gmail.com, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>